This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 192, how to captivate people with your English small talk with author Chris Collin. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, where you'll finally get real native English conversation and fluency for business and life. We believe in connection, not perfection, when it comes to learning English. Now, here are your hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz, coming to you from Arizona and Boston, USA. Today, small talk expert Chris Collin joins us with three tips for making small talk interesting and memorable. Listen in so that you can become the person at the party that everyone wants to talk to. Wondering about your fluency level? Take our simple English fluency quiz and find out if you're 50% fluent, 65% fluent, or 80% fluent. Plus, get ready for an exciting new course release coming up in early June. Learn from real English conversations so you can finally get competent. Take the quiz at allearsenglish.com slash fluency score. Lindsay, have you ever been making small talk at a party and it's a little bit boring? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> this happens to me a lot. I get bored, especially when people ask me about about me, like about my work. I love my work, but I, I get tired of talking about it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's often the same questions over and over, same right? Questions. What do you do? Oh, this is what I do. What do you do? Mm-hmm. And it can, it can get a little old. So this is going to be great today. We have a guest. We're talking with Chris Collin about how to make small talk more interesting. And Ooh. I know you guys listening are excited about this because you have opportunities to make small talk a lot. We've all been in that situation and you need these tips for how to make it more fun, more engaging. Yes, I love that. It's so important. I mean, it's not only about, you know, the vocabulary you choose. It's about the topics. And we're going to learn so much today from Chris. Where's Chris from, by the way? He's from San Francisco, California. He's the author of the book, What to Talk About, which is a lot about what you should talk about during small talk. Yeah. And so in this first clip, he's going to tell us how he decided to write that book about making small talk more interesting. Let's hear it. And that's why we did it, because we felt like, oh, gosh, we can do better than what we've been doing. You know, we all have great conversations that we can think of, a really fun dinner party or a really fun road trip with a friend. And then we have plenty of times when either they're just sort of, you know, middle of the road, sort of mediocre, or they're just awful. And you just want to stab yourself in the face. And we (laughs) wanted to write the book so we could sort of figure out for ourselves how to improve conversation both small talk and more substantive conversations, how to make them all be a little more like those great ones that we can we can all uh, remember. I really agree with him that small talk can be so boring. Like we were saying, it's repetitive. It can be uninteresting. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to dive into these tips. I feel like I could use some tips on how to make small talk more interesting. What about you, Lindsay? Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's funny. And even within a specific topic, like when I, for example, when I go to a party... 
if someone asks me what I do, I get the same questions even about our work, right? (laughs) um, When people find out that we teach English, they say, oh, what languages do you speak? And that's fine. I'm happy to talk about that, but it's just every time. And then they say, do you teach in all these languages, right? Mm -hmm. We get the same questions. It's so funny. I know. It's just hard to be original when that's what's being asked is people's first instinct each time, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to really think outside of the box, right? Yes, exactly. So I'm excited to learn here. Yes, exactly. So he's ta- he talks about how the first mistake that we all make is mirroring. So if someone asks you, for example, what do you do? Bouncing back what they throw at us, right? And saying, if they ask us what we do for work, our instinct is to say, what do you do? And mm. he's going to give us a tip here on how to avoid doing that. So let's hear it. Our first bit of advice is don't be afraid. Just totally change the subject. You don't owe them a certain kind of conversation. You don't have to answer the question that you're asked. I mean, there's sort of a deeper philosophy there that we talk about in the book. All right. I do this sometimes. (laughs) It definitely spices things up where instead of just asking that question back, I change the subject entirely and Mm -hmm. maybe ask something random, ask where their last vacation was. Yeah. It's, It's so much more fun. It spices up the conversation. Yes, I love it. This is it makes it it makes you kind of like a magician dancing around on stage and like moving things in this direction, kind of a performer. It's kind of fun. And did he even say you don't even have to answer that question? Mm -hmm. I think he did say that. Interesting. What are your thoughts on that, Aubrey? It is interesting because it will throw people off, right? If someone asks you a question and you don't answer it at all and change the subject, you may get a funny look, you may get a look of surprise, but you are going to find that that usually people are grateful. They're grateful for for anything different, anything that switches it up because they're probably also bored by the same old conversation. Yeah. Do you know what this makes me think of? Did you ever watch Sex in the City? I haven't. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's a guy that Carrie dated and he was so crazy. Like he, (laughs) she would try to ask him something and he would run and grab an instrument and start strumming and playing. And then he would go and get on the drums. Just everything was unexpected. Yeah. I think he had ADHD as well. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Which is fine. Um, But it was, it just makes me think of someone just kind of, I'm not sure how I feel about not answering it. I feel like it's a little disrespectful in a way, right? Yeah. I don't know that I would do that. I can see what he's saying, keep people Mm -hmm. on their toes, but Mm -hmm. I have more of a tendency to ask any question, but maybe briefly, if it's Mm -hmm. something I get very often, I'll briefly answer and then change the subject, take it a new direction. I totally agree with that. So I could, I think we can endorse changing the subject. You don't have to ask the same thing back. Mm -hmm. What about you? That's boring. Um, But do answer the question because it can make people feel like they're not being heard if you don't answer it, right? Yeah. Or that you didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a really good point. Okay. So he then gives good ideas of questions that you can ask when you do this. So let's hear some of those questions. You know, one thing I like to ask is, how did you get here tonight? Let's say we're at a party. How did you get here tonight? You know, it sounds like a mundane question, but it actually gets someone talking about a sequence of events from their life and actually tends to lead somewhere interesting, more so than saying, what do you do for work, which we're all tired of answering. Okay, this, I like this, the how did you get here tonight, that Mm. it's giving, someone's going to start sharing that sequence of events. Yeah. And yeah, I, uh, I like that idea. Would you say that at a party? Yeah. I mean, why not throw it in there? Because I think this one is interesting because it could be interpreted on two levels. How did you physically get here tonight? Did you take the bus? Did you take a car? 
Or why are you here? Like, who do you know that knows the host? Right. How did you get invited? Yo, why does this matter to you, this party, right? And you're going to be more interested and engaged because of that, because you don't know where the conversation could lead from there. Just like you said, it could be something really interesting and different. So you're going to need to really listen um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, it could go a multitude of different ways. Yeah, I love it. So that's cool. I mean, you know, this is just in a long line of other questions we could throw out there that just put in some spice into that conversation, right? How did you get here tonight? Yep, exactly. All right. Let's hear Chris's tip number two here. This is a really good one as well. Okay. Step two, we always say, don't ask for answers, ask for stories. A lot of the times when we ask questions and conversations, we're, we're sort of leading people down a dead end road. If I say, where are you from? Well, let's try it. Uh, Lizzie, where are you from? Oh, I'm from New Hampshire. Da 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Where, where are we going to go from there? We could we could sort of riff on New Hampshire a little bit, but uh, not really anywhere <laughs> to go. Uh, no offense to New Hampshire. So you know, <laughs> if I were to say, how did your family end up in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. or how did you end up leaving New Hampshire? It's a similar topic, but it it pulls a narrative out of you. Yes. Uh, and pretty soon you're telling a story. It may not be the most interesting story of your life, but you're telling a story and you're guaranteed to say something that I can sort of draw out a little more. All right. This is so true. People love to talk about themselves, but this way it's in a way that's interesting, right? And really easy to build upon. Mm, so don't ask for answers, ask for stories. Is that what he's suggesting here? Yes, exactly. And I love that because whenever someone is able to tell a story, you're more interested in what they're saying. Anyone who's a part of your group and listening is going to be more interested. Mm -hmm. It's just a a more, it's just a more fun way to create a fun dialogue. Yeah. So how can our listeners do this? I mean, this comes down to vocabulary now, right? It's about the way that you're shaping that question Mm -hmm. in terms of your construction. So what do we have to know? And what should our listeners write down today? Yeah. So you want to avoid asking people really deep questions that they might not have a ready answer for, like (laughs) what's most meaningful in your life, right? Or what are your (laughs) deepest, darkest fears? Because that might shut down the conversation. They might say, oh, I don't know. I would have to think about that. But if you ask questions that lead to a story, it opens up this interesting conversation. So a really good tip here is to use questions that start with how, right, Lindsay? Yeah. So for example, guys, write these down. This is gold here today from Chris. So he says, you know, the first one, how do you spend your free time? That's great. Very open, right? Yes. And then maybe how often do you go out? Mm -hmm. And this would be interesting. You're going to learn a lot about people. They'll get to share some interesting things about their free time, their friends, Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. You know, I make the mistake of going too deep too quickly sometimes at parties when most people just want to stay surface level. I really don't like that surface level conversation. And for me, the best relationships are when we go deep, right? Mm-hmm. So I make that mistake and it can feel awkward. People will walk away sometimes. <laughs> yes, right. There's such a fine line. There's such a balance between mm-hmm. making it interesting, keeping it engaging and going yes. too deep too fast when people are yes. like, I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk to you about that. Exactly. (laughs) 
It's so funny. And we have to monitor. Like we have to look for, and this may not be in the episode today, maybe for another day, but we have to look for the reactions to know when we're out of line. Yeah, that's a really good point. You have to kind of take your cues from other people Mm -hmm. and then you'll get a better idea of how how deep they want to go. Because you can keep it surface level and still not ask those same old questions. What do you wear? You can still ask something interesting that's a little more surface level. Like, where do you like to vacation? How did you get here today? Still pretty surface level. Yeah. And it's not, but it's not asking for a major commitment to go deep, right? Mm -hmm. In that sense. So it's interesting, but not overly deep. So good. Exactly. Such a good balance. Okay, guys, let's hear Chris's tip number three. Okay. So this is one that we all know and we all forget. Be curious. Listen, I talked about that panic. Let's say you've done the first two steps and you get a conversation going. There's always that fear that the plane is going to start to lose altitude. (laughs) And so... God forbid there's a little bit of awkward silence. You take this progress you've made and then you you sort of sabotage it by starting to talk about yourself on and on and on. It's fine to talk about yourself, but a little goes a long way. If you can just remind yourself to be quiet and listen, that is the key of of being a great conversationalist. It's just listening well. It doesn't mean being silent. It means paying attention actively to what someone's saying and focusing on something interesting that they've said. So if we're talking about how you ended up leaving New Hampshire... You know, you you will probably let slip something sort of revealing at some point, and that's what I will ask about. I'll say, well, why did you decide to do that? Uh, and then what? You know, another great question is, and then what? Oh, this is so good to dig deeper, right? Pull mm-hmm. more of a story out of someone. Wow, I love it. And part of this is going to be language, and part of this is going to be a mindset, right? Yes, that's a really good point, right? You have to care. You have to want to know more about them in order to be willing to dig deeper and really listen. Yes, I think in our culture, we do not do this well. We don't really respect listening as a skill or as a trait. Like a good listener is not as good of a compliment as a great articulate speaker or a good leader. Those are good compliments, but a listener that's undervalued in our culture. And I hate that about American culture, actually. I agree. It's really unfortunate. I I do feel like we are evolving a little bit, the American mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. where we are starting to value yes. listening yes. more. And I hope that trend continues because you're yes. right for a long time. The blowhard, the person who was talking <laughs> all the time and, and monopolizing the conversation was still well-respected and considered a strong leader, whereas yes. the quiet person listening in the corner was often not getting much respect. And that's really not always how it it should be. Yeah, I think you're right, Aubrey. I do think we're changing. We are evolving. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's going to get even better in the next 10, 15, 20 years. But yeah, I mean, it's still kind of dominant in our culture is speaking over listening. So we do need to train ourselves how to do this. Yes. And I love what Chris said. He says, it's fine to talk about yourself, but a little goes a long way. Right? We, Mm -hmm. yes, share about yourself, but you want to keep it pretty brief and then ask the other person questions. You guys have heard us talk about this before because it is so important. Yeah. And this makes me think of, we come back, keep coming back to the me monster concept, right? Right. From your interview in the Business English course. Guys, if you want to check out our course, by the way, go to allearsenglish.com slash business, where you interviewed someone about small talk and, you know, not being a me monster, Mm -hmm. someone that's always talking about themselves. Yeah. James Greaves, he's a CEO. And he was talking about that, that if you're a me monster, you're just always 
talking yeah. on and on and on about yourself and not stopping to ask the other person questions. We've all spoken to a me monster and it mm-hmm. can be painful. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, cool. So do we have another clip from Chris? Yes, we want to listen to this interesting topic about who you remember when you leave a work function or a party. So let's hear that. I agree. And I think when you go home from a party or from a work function or anything, the conversations you're going to remember are the ones where someone was paying attention to you thoughtfully and asking you intelligent questions about yourself rather than being a windbag about their own life. All right. I love this word windbag, right? (laughs) An idiom for a person who talks a lot, but doesn't say much valuable or interesting. Do you know any windbags, Lindsay? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I do. do. I do. I do for sure. Uh, yeah, it's not good. You know, I think that someone who speaks less has more is more listened to. Yes, for sure. It's a very negative connotation, right? You don't want to be that person who's talking so much, but then no one remembers you at that after the party or they, or they have a bad taste in their mouth when they think about the conversation with you. You want to be the person who had those positive, interesting conversations where people remember you in a good light. Yes. And I think, you know, as Americans, like this, again, coming back to the value on speaking all the time, right? Yes. We kind of have to learn this. I think that we are, I'll speak for myself, when I'm nervous, I'll speak more, like I'll speak oh, yeah. too much. But when I'm relaxed and confident, comfortable, I'll speak less. So I have to train myself to speak less and to feel more comfortable and confident. Yes, I think that's the case for so many of us, right? Mm -hmm. We start speaking more quickly. We start speaking more, Mm -hmm. but not really saying much of interest. (laughs) So a lot of it is also um, controlling that those nerves, that anxiety, just relaxing, recognizing, you know, everyone here is interesting and I can I can be calm and just have a calm conversation. It's not easy, though. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the other thing I want to say is that, you know, these are habits that we have to unbreak or sorry, we have to break these habits, Mm. right? We're you, we're so used to saying, Hey, what do you do? Oh, I do this. What about you? What do you do? Right. These are habits, right? Instincts. Instincts. So we have to kind of unlearn them guys. So it might take a little bit of time, but it's worth the effort. Yes, for sure, guys. Chris's three tips I think can really help you level up your small talk game. You know, just to summarize, change the subject, ask for stories, and be curious. And this advice really will help you be more interesting at your next social event so that that interaction with you is the most memorable and interesting for everyone you met there. That's the goal. Yeah, I love it. And guys, check out Chris's book on Amazon. I'm seeing it right here. It's got some pretty decent ratings here. What to talk about on a plane at a cocktail party. Uh, Go and check it out because you can read more from him and just learn what we're talking about. Go a bit deeper with this topic. So good, Aubrey. Yes. Thank you to Chris for being on on the podcast today. This was really fun. All right. Talk to you soon. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, follow our show wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.